Hey y'all, this is Heather of the Future. I just wanted to let you know that we do chat quite a bit before the episode actually begins about topics that we cover in the episode, but if you want to skip the chat and get straight into the details of the actual case, then you're going to want to skip to right around 18 minutes. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery, our true crime podcast. We are your hosts, my name is Heather, and I know absolutely nothing about true crime. And my name is Jillian, and I consider myself somewhat of a true crime expert. Yes, Jill is our resident true crime expert. And we created this podcast so that Jill could teach me about all things true crime, both locally and nationally, and to take you guys along for the journey, so that if you too know nothing about true crime, you can learn something. Or maybe hear another perspective about stories you already know. Okay, so this episode was a request by a listener named Phil McGraw. So thank you for your suggestion, Dr. Phil. You have no reaction. Phil McGraw. Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil suggested this case? No, he didn't. But I saw it on an episode of his show. You thought it would be funny. I was funny. confused. <laughs> that joke just totally just like missed. I'm First so off, un- I didn't know Dr. Phil's name was Phil McGraw. So that that is the number one problem here. Second, then you said Dr. Phil. So then I was like, are we being funny by calling this real life Phil Dr. Phil? And then you just stared at me. And I thought, is this the real Dr. Phil? Because surely she would have texted me immediately. If Dr. Phil had contacted her in any way, shape, or form about the podcast. Listen, I know that Dr. Phil has some haters, but I love that man. I, would. I actually think Dr. Phil's fine, personally. Yeah, I, I just, I want to be his friend. But, jokes aside, uh, I saw what we're about to talk about on a new episode of his show, and it made me physically ill. So, oh. um, I decided that I want to talk about it. Thank you so much. I feel like you are going to have a lot more insight on this than I do because it was a lifestyle that you were in. Okay. And we'll get Sorority? Yeah. <gasps> How do well, I know? Fraternity. Oh, fraternity. Okay. But like, okay. So. I get you. Uh, I was indeed in a sorority in undergrad. For those of you listening. And I'll let her explain that more because she knows about that and I do not. So with this case, we're going to start in Eden Prairie, Minnesota where the Santuli family lived. This family consisted of the father named Tom, his wife, Mary Pat, and their three kids, the oldest being Nicholas, then Meredith, and then Daniel. Nick, the oldest brother, as well as Meredith, went to the University of Missouri, or as we call it, Mizzou. It's in Columbia, Missouri. When Danny graduated in 2021, he was excited to follow his siblings' footsteps, mainly his older brother Nick's, as Danny decided to enroll at Mizzou to pursue a business degree like his older brother. When the time came, his parents drove him to Columbia, Missouri, and dropped him off, looking forward to see where his life took him. Danny decided, like many other students attending college, that he wanted to be a part of the Greek life, which is sororities and fraternities. If you would like to explain better explain the purpose of sororities and fraternities. I'm gonna let you do that because my school did not have them and like Heather said she was in them so. I mean sororities and fraternities vary greatly from school to school but it's it's like 
I don't you've really put me on the spot. Sorry. Um no, it's okay. I'm just trying to think of like the right way to explain it. So I don't know what's to come, but most sororities and fraternities are supposed to be centered around philanthropic works. So like doing good for the community. However, most sororities and fraternities are actually centered around partying and having fun. They do do some philanthropic works and every sorority and fraternity that I've ever heard of has events to raise money for their cause. But when you think about sororities and fraternities, you think about partying. And it's kind of like, so they call themselves brotherhoods and sisterhoods and you have to go through a process to be selected for whatever group that you want to be in. And then you go through some classes to learn more about the organization. They learn more about you. They decide if you're a good fit. You decide if you're a good fit for them. You know what I mean? All I know is Bama Rush TikTok. (laughs) And I love Bama Rush TikTok. (laughs) Um, But after you go through and, you know, everybody makes their selections on both sides, you go where you're going to go. And then if you're in a fraternity, you get hazed. (laughs) If you're in a sorority, sometimes you get hazed, sometimes you don't. And that's what I know. Interesting point. Well, Danny decided to join Phi Gamma Delta? Pi? Phi? I don't know. Well, is it Pi or is it Phi? P-H-I? Phi. Okay. Phi Gamma Delta, which many refer to as Fiji. Don't know why. Well, because actually the word Phi, so we say Phi here, but it's actually pronounced Phi. Oh. Yeah. But in like the United States culture of sororities and fraternities, we say Phi. Oh. Well... They called it Fiji. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, they called Fiji. it Fiji. It is Fiji. And he did have some friends that were in this fraternity, so he thought it would be best suited for him. But he was most likely unaware of the problematic past of Fiji. You see, earlier that year, on May 4th of 2021, the fraternity was put on probation. They messed up. Listen, uh, my sorority was on probation. When I was what was yours on probation for? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Secrets. <laughs> Secrets of the sororities. It was just, it was too much to handle. (laughs) Well, I don't know what they got. This is so hard because no one talks about this stuff. I know. But they got put on probation and then they messed up and got put on probation again on October 6th of 2021. So they were on double probation and not allowed to like throw parties or have alcohol in the house, which I didn't think that they were allowed to in the first place. But apparently. No, you are because, um. I don't know, like, like I said, every school is different. So, like, everywhere that you go that you experience sorority and fraternity life, the rules are going to be different. At some schools, and I'm not sure about Mizzou, at some schools, the only people that can live in there, in the house, are, like, the seniors. Oh, so, like, they would be 21 up. So, then they would be old enough to That makes sense. But at some schools, the freshmen live there. So, like, it just varies. Well, they didn't really care either way. So they decided to... They never do. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm figuring through looking at this. But they decided to, like, I don't know, do whatever they did. And then along came Pledge Week, which, again, you live this life. So stop me if I'm wrong or if I'm not explaining something correctly. I would just like to say, and I'm happy to talk about it, but I would just like to say sororities versus fraternities, the culture is very different. Yeah, I figured, well... So, like, I was not hazed. But thank God. But I know most of the guys that I talked to were hazed. Was Darian in a fraternity? No, he wasn't. Oh. 
but most of the guys at Rockhurst that I talked to were hazed in some way or another. I feel like the hazing at Rockhurst is way more mild than it is at state schools, but like everybody, I don't. It's expected, you mean? For the guys, yes. Like you go into it expecting it and like they want it. Like, and I I don't know what we're about to talk about and there have been horrific accidents that have happened during hazing and I'm not saying that it's okay. But what I am saying is like the guys find like some weird challenge in hazing and like I'm going to be the best at being hazed or I'm going to prove myself the most. It's like this weird primal take off our shirts and fight kind of thing. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Just like it's too much testosterone inside your body. Yeah. And that it just causes them to be weird. Like I didn't want to be hazed. Who wants to be hazed? That sounds stupid to me. But like the guys that I talked to that I were that I was friends with, they were like and I quote, I cannot wait to get hazed. That like, sounds like a kink. <laughs> it does. But like the men like it. They just don't want to What like what is it about it? I don't know, but I truly had friends in college that said I cannot wait to get hazed. So I I, listen, I have my own personal qualms with hazing incidents, which I will get to at the end of this, but... Okay, I'm just telling you, I was not hazed, and I have not had this experience, nor would I like to have this experience, but I know that there are a lot of men out there who expect and want that experience. For whatever reason, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I know that that is the case. I just want to say, for anybody that was Heather's friends that said that they just couldn't wait to get hazed. There is a word for it, and it's called a masochist. And it's a kink. So, I'm just saying. Okay. And I mean, like, that is, like, a real thing, but, like, it's usually with your, like, partners, not random fraternity brothers. I don't know. It's just every man I talked to wanted it. So, well, it's, I'm, I'm sure just saying, like, just... I think... And I'm not a man, and I was not in a fraternity, but I think it's so ingrained in fraternity culture, and while, like, schools and the fraternities themselves, like, their national organizations are trying to move away from the culture of hazing, like, the people that are there, like, the students that are there want to continue the tradition because they went through hazing, and they feel like, for whatever reason, it made them better, stronger, closer to their peers, whatever it is, but they liked being hazed and they feel like i went through this so you have to too that's just i don't know obviously i'm coming from a different perspective of somebody that was never in any sort of greek life yeah i didn't even go to an actual campus like i went to a school with a bunch of like 30 year olds well the idea behind it is and i'm assuming we're talking about hazing gone wrong just based on the amount of time we've spent talking on hazing Mm -hmm. um the thing about it is the the theory behind it is, I guess I should say, and I actually did take classes at Rockhurst about Greek life, and we talked about hazing cases gone wrong. Not this recently, obviously. I had graduated before this had happened. But the idea is that when you're in your pledge class, there's 30 of you. We're just taking a random number. And there's 30 of you against the organization that you're trying to join. So it gives you like a quote unquote common enemy, which to me does not make sense because you're then going to join. But all of you in your pledge class are working together to beat this hazing ritual. 
And all of you are going through these horrific events together, which makes you closer because only you have experienced these things. So every pledge class is very close. And that's how like fraternities are. Mm -hmm. Like you are close with your pledge class. I was close with mine. Not through hazing. (laughs) See, there's other ways. Just like, I just want to be very clear. I don't want anyone to get in trouble that was in my organization. The idea is that you're working against the group that's working against you. Hmm. Because they're trying to see, they also, like, the brothers who have gone through this hazing ritual want to make sure that you are dedicated enough to join their fraternity. Because to them, it's their life. And, like, it is so important to them. And that is clear because they went through this hazing ritual. And through the hazing ritual, it became even more important to them because the guys that he went through the hazing ritual with are his brothers. And you feel that way because you went through these horrific events together. And you worked together to get through it. So that makes you closer to your pledge class. So then you want to make sure that the next pledge class is just as good as yours because you don't want the quality of your organization to go down. Does that make sense? Yeah. I know it's very confusing and it is definitely a culture that you don't understand if you're not in it or you haven't like been around people who are in it. Yeah, I just always, well, like, so I, from my thinking, I always thought that like Pledge Week was kind of like, you know, like if you've seen the movie Freedom Writers, just if you haven't, like in the movie, some of the students join gangs and they get initiated into the gang, which sounds exactly like what you're talking about. Where yeah. it's like you go through this thing to make you... And now, I'm not saying that, you know, fraternities are... Like, I know some gangs you have to, like, either get jumped in or you have to kill somebody or something like that to get into the gang. But, like, seems like it's very similar on, like, a not as crazy but still, like, terrible level with yeah. some of these. And I will say, like... The general stereotype of hazing for fraternities is more like physical things like sleep deprivation or drinking too much or eating your own vomit, things like that. And then like the sorority hazing is typically pointing out the jiggly parts of your body and telling you that you're ugly or that you're fat or that you need a makeover because you're not pretty enough and like more like emotional trauma. (laughs) Just I didn't even know that, but like I would not do well. Yeah. Um, there's, like, a stereotype that I think of. Um, there's, like, I guess it's in a TV show. I don't know where I would have seen it, but they make you sit on top of a dryer while it's running in any part of your body that jiggles you have to work on. <laughs> I think that may... I don't know. Have you seen House Bunny? No, I have not. And I don't think I've ever, like, watched the show. I think... I don't know if people just showed me the clip or what, but, yeah, that is kind of the idea of the difference between... Fraternal hazing and sorority hazing. That's crazy. Well, for me, I didn't really think the hazing still happened at all because... Hazing absolutely happened. I thought that it was like one of those things where it's like... It's just a secret because if you if you get caught, mm-hmm. you're out. Like right. the, your organization is off the campus. But apparently the ca- campuses do know about it and they just don't care. Which it's is like... because it's hard for them to stop it. Ugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like they preach about don't do hazing and like... There are slogans of, like, these hands don't haze, and, like, the national organizations are trying to stop it. The campuses are trying to stop it, but at the end of the day, if you get enough kids together and they're determined to torture the other kids, they will find a place. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the kids who want to join the organization are going to go where they're told to go. I could say all of the pledge class has to meet at my house tonight. If you want to join my sorority, you are going to go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, it's they will find a way to make it happen. And the the campus has nothing to do with my house. They don't know that they're coming to my house. They have no control over who's at my house. You know what I mean? Right. So it's very hard to stop. They don't want it to happen, but it's very hard to stop. Without just completely getting rid of the organizations. And then at that point, there's going to be an underground ring of sororities and fraternities. And the other clubs on campus... Heck, the environmental club on campus Chess is going to turn into throw hands. It, literally like they're going to turn into an organization that's like elite to be in and you have to be hazed to get into. Yeah. And it's not just sorority and fraternities that haze. There are other organizations that say you can't be in our group unless you've done X, Y, and Z. They're just not monitored the same way. And it's not to the same extent. And it's not national the way that sorority and fraternity hazing is. I, I just want to point out that I went to a private school, so my recollection of public school was, like, what I saw in, like, the Bratz in Real Life movie. Totally. And my – I thought – I obviously know that public school isn't, like, mean girls, like, in real life for the most part. But, like, when I see, like, neighbors, I always thought that was just, like, a movie and that it didn't actually, like, happen. So when I found out, like, how much it actually still happens, it made me want to cry. But – um, we're talking about all this and we're not even talking about like, what I know, happened. we haven't even got into it. I guess I'll put a little disclaimer of what time to start <laughs> if you want to just get into the meat of the episode, but. Okay, so, um, specifically we're going to talk about the hazing that happened on the night of October 19th of 2021. Uh, Fiji had a pledged dad reveal, which I think is just, like, where the fraternity pick which pledge they decided to, like, take under their wing prior to this night. We're not necessarily sure what happened, but we do know that they were deprived of sleep and that Danny needed crutches and stitches after he was ordered to climb inside of a trash can that had broken glass inside of it and that he was broke down and crying to his sister about the stress and his parents tried to get him to quit, but he didn't want to because he wasn't a quitter and he didn't want to be humiliated or ridiculed for quitting. And that's how it is. And, like, that's why all these kids keep going forward. And we have to remember, these are children. Their brains are not fully formed. Mm -hmm. But this night, they blindfolded their pledges and took them downstairs for the ritual thingy, whatever. We don't really know what happened. But leading up to this, I do know that the 18-year-old, Danny, was forced to drink an entire bottle of Tito's, even though he didn't want to. They literally, like, taped it to his hand. There is some surveillance footage where you can see about 1020, another fraternity member put a funnel to his mouth and made him drink more alcohol on top of the vodka he was being forced to drink. Around 11 p.m., you can see the video footage that Danny lost his balance and fell over backwards. Other members of the fraternity picked him up and put him on a couch and then left him there alone until around 12.30 that night. You can see the video footage that he began to fall off the couch onto the floor head first and was unable to move. He laid half off onto the floor for about 15 minutes unresponsive. Then some fraternity members put him back on the couch. Um, keep in mind, his lips were completely blue and he was unresponsive. At this time, they, des- they then decided to take him out of the house and carried him, dropping him on the floor and then picking him up. 
taking him out of the door instead of calling 911 they drove to the university of missouri hospital which was really not far at all but they somehow got lost i'm assuming because they were probably drinking the driver called 911 to get directions to the hospital and then they dropped him off at the hospital when he was dropped dropped off he was in cardiac arrest and not breathing his blood alcohol level was 0.46 keep in mind that 0.08 blood alcohol concentration you're considered intoxicated and between 0.08 and 0.40 you're extremely intoxicated and imp- and impaired Anything over 0.40, you're at risk of coma or dying. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Educational time. I didn't know the levels, you know what I mean? Like- yeah. I had to Google those. At 1.27 a.m. on October 20th of 2021, Danny's family received a phone call from an emergency room doctor at the University of Missouri Hospital. They were then informed that Danny was in the ICU suffering from cardiac arrest. As soon as they got this news, his parents immediately got into the car and drove the seven and a half hours from Minnesota to Columbia. Doctors were unsure if Danny was going to pull through or not, as the swelling in his brain was so severe. It actually took seven weeks before he was even stable enough to be transferred to another hospital, this time in Denver, Colorado, that specialized in brain injuries. After six long months and doctors... What? How did he get a brain injury from... He stopped breathing. Arrest? Okay. So there was no, like, oxygen. Well, whenever you said swelling, I thought maybe he, like, got jumbled up. I mean... I know he got dropped on the floor, but... Yeah, but I think it was because, like, he had stopped breathing for so okay. long. I didn't know that... I didn't know if that would cause swelling. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. After six long months and doctors doing everything they could, Danny was finally sent home, but unfortunately, he was no longer able to see, talk, or walk. Jeez. Danny now requires 24 hours around-the-clock care, and his parents are hoping that he will continue to make improvements. His mother said, quote, It is very difficult, you know, you think about that every day. You're like, when is this nightmare going to end? It is very hard to think that this totally could have been prevented, and there's just a lot of arrogant kids that think they're above the law and think that the rules don't apply to them. Though I talking- think that hits it right on. I hit I think that hits the nail right on the head. Mm-hmm. Though talking about that horrible night is painful, they said that they are sharing their story to as many people as possible because they don't want another parent to get a phone call like they did in the middle of the night. They want to create awareness around hazing that happens and how it's deadly. Danny's older sister, Meredith, who is now a senior at Mizzou, started an anti-hazing campaign on campus to also raise awareness. The... Phi Gamma Delta fraternity has been shut down. The Santoli family has settled 24 civil lawsuits against individual members of the fraternity, as well as its national chapter. They're going to use the money that they were awarded to cover the cost of the care Danny will most likely need for the rest of his life. 11 of the Phi Gamma Delta members are facing criminal charges from misdemeanors to felonies regarding hazing. There is a fundraiser being put on by the family with t-shirts and caps. If you would like to purchase, they will be in the description under the South by Sea link, which is the shop name. As of right now, former Phi Gamma Delta fraternity member Ryan Delanty and Thomas Schultz um, have been indicted by a Boone County grand jury. And 
Some of the charges include felony hazing. Thomas was the vice president of the fraternity and the one that bought the Tito's, which is the vodka. There was another member, Alex Wetzler, who poured beer into Danny's mouth with the funnel. And Ryan and Thomas's bonds were set at $50,000 each. Alex was charged earlier in June with a misdemeanor for supplying alcohol to minors and possession of alcohol by a minor. To end, I know there's a lot of stuff in Greek like Greek life that you're not supposed to talk about, and I don't really care because my boyfriend was in a fraternity, and I asked him. He wouldn't even show me the stupid handshake. <laughs> I have a secret handshake, too. <laughs> I just, I'm just like, I asked him if he was hazed because I'm, of course, thinking, like, this doesn't happen. It happens to everybody. Yeah. And, like, I don't really care. Like, I'm not going to say, like, what fraternity and blah, 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 whatever. He doesn't listen to this anyway. But some of the, like, he was telling me just some of the things that I'm assuming weren't as bad that they made him do when I was crying. Like, cleaning with mustard gas. Did you know that could kill you? It's literally toxic fumes. And it will scar your lungs. I feel like this episode is hard for me. Because I'm, like, I feel awful for... Danny and his family like I truly do he should not have lost his life essentially over the situation but it's also hard because I understand that they went too far but Danny went there on his own free will and all of these guys who get hazed go to these houses on their own free will knowing that they're going to be hazed and the other thing that's hard for me is that the so you're describing the situation about the bottle being taped to his hand That is a normal occurrence at frat parties, not at hazing. They're called handle parties. And you get handcuffed to somebody and you both have to drink a handle of alcohol. And once you both finish your handle of alcohol, then you get uncuffed. If you do not drink it, you are handcuffed until the morning. And you have to go sleep together. Not like have sex, but like sleep together. Like that is a normal occurrence at, at parties. So yes, it's appalling. And like, yes, it's very scary. And it's scary that it happens during hazing. But like it also happens in general. So it's hard for me because while they should have saved his life, the boys that said, oh, he's falling off the couch, let's put it back on the couch, like, they probably see that every weekend because there are probably that, there are people that intoxicated every weekend that black out and pass out and whatever else. Like, I've seen those people at parties and I did not call the ambulance (laughs) because it's like three in the morning and they're like asleep is what you think. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I don't know. So it's hard. When you, it's hard when you have seen these parties going on, and especially as a sober person, because I was sober throughout college, so it was really wild to watch all of this happen when you weren't drinking, but, like, these people do put themselves in danger. My friend jumped off a roof when she was drunk. I had to climb off the roof to get her. You know what I mean? Like, these people do crazy stuff. I just never went to parties, ever, and so I think me coming- I was the DD. Well, I, listen, I'm 26 years old, I'm still the DD, but, like, hearing, like, how he was literally, like, unresponsive, like, I, me and Heather, we DD life, okay, so all I can think about is how one of my friends went through a breakup and she got sloshed, like, she, it was, like, bad, mm-hmm. and I just, I mean, cleaning up her throw up, making sure I was terrified that she was going to aspirate yeah, and, like, fall asleep and something bad was going to happen. 
But and, like, we are the nurturing type. I know, but I just can't imagine, like, letting somebody stay in that state. Especially, like, you know if somebody's lips are turning blue, he's not wearing lipstick. Like, you know that's not a good sign. Whether or not you have any sort of medical training or not, it's like, I don't know. Like, it just, and maybe it is because we're nurturing people, but, like, I can't imagine, for one, can't imagine ever making, and I know you didn't do that, but, like, ever making somebody humiliated on purpose or drinking when they don't want to drink or, like, I I would have been bullied out of college if I went to a normal college. Yeah. Because if somebody tried to make me do that, I'd bash a bottle over their head. Yeah. Just because it's no, like... No, I totally get it. And, like, it shouldn't be the culture that is at college, but unfortunately, at this time, it is. Yeah. And Your not just very in stories real. and fraternities, like... I feel like, personally, and this is based on personal experience, I feel like the universities blame fraternities and sororities so that the university doesn't get in trouble. They pass the blame onto the national organization because nine times out of ten, the parties that happen where people get hurt aren't at a fraternity or sorority house. It's just a bunch of people that are together and there's ten people of this fraternity, so it's a fraternity party because... By the classification, if there's more than 10 of you together, then it's a meeting underneath your organization. But that's dumb. Like, this is happening at a random person's house. How can you tell me that this is sponsored by this national organization when all kinds of people were at this party? Yeah. But now you're passing the blame from Mizzou to Fiji. And I'm not, this is a hazing event. And like, I understand that that's separate. But these kinds of things happen all the time. And we consistently blame the sororities and fraternities when the issue is more of the culture of the school in general. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, I know, I mean, obviously, I was in Heather's wedding, and she had a lot of her sorority sisters Yes, in her wedding, and it was, like, super cool to see, like, the kind of bond that they have. And I was like, dang, I kind of wish I had a sorority, because then I feel like it is really cool to, like, and I see, I'm, I bedazzle things, okay? And there is, like, I can't remember the, I don't speak Greek, but, like, there is sorority, and they always, like, I guess they're, like, super extra, and, like, it's, like, women in their 40s and 50s that are still getting together and, like, Mm -hmm. going out with their sorority sisters. Yeah. And it's, like, I think that's so cool, but then, like, reading stuff that they, I, obviously, sororities are, from my understanding, not as, like, bad. Now, Mm -hmm. Causing somebody body dysmorphia is a different thing, but, like, I, like, seeing, like, the bond that they have, but then, like, thinking, like, oh, does my boyfriend have a bond with this guy because he literally, like, made him clean with, like, toxic fumes that could have killed him? Like, that's kind of, like, okay, well, me and you are best friends and we've never, (laughs) we've never had to, like, experience, I mean, we've went through some traumas together, but, like, we've never had to, like, force trauma No, totally. And I agree with you. I don't think that it's necessary. Right. I'm just saying that a lot of the pieces of hazing rituals are also just general college life. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. I think Darian saw Mr. Max is shaking his collar. Um, There are things that, like, I've heard of. I will name a couple that I've heard of. Not at Rockhurst, but just in general from people that go to other schools that I've been friends with. One, you're not allowed to sleep Mm -hmm. for, like, 48 hours. They play songs. 24 hours a day so you can't sleep yes and you're allowed to go to class but that's it and i have a friend who went to the library and was like went to the 
top floor and was like, please don't tell anyone that I'm sleeping right now because he was so scared that he was going to get in trouble. But like, you have to sleep. Everybody has to sleep. So most of them find ways around it like that. Um, I have heard of people who the fraternity has made their vomit into omelets the next morning and you have to consume your vomit. <laughs> I have heard of like, like you said, like cleaning stuff. And I mean, like those, those are things that you wouldn't normally experience at a fraternity party and like totally get that. But a lot of the things that fraternities and sororities get in trouble for and take the blame for are things that are just happening in general at college. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it, Daniel should not have been forced to drink all of that alcohol. I, I personally am not the type of person who would ever force anyone to drink more alcohol. I would be like, do you need water? Do you need food? Should we get bread? You should probably eat bread. Bread and crackers. (laughs) But like, that is a thing that happens at parties that are not sponsored by fraternities or sororities. But if somebody had passed out at one of those parties, they would find any person that was part of an organization and blame that organization. And I feel like that is a problem with college, I just want to put a disclaimer to any of our listeners if you're in the Missouri area and I will come to your parties and I will supervise everyone, me and Heather will. And we will make sure that nothing bad happens. I would just no like to say, I will not be doing that. I will be sleeping. <laughs> no, I will come. Listen, I am. Jill does not sleep. Heather sleeps. <laughs> I don't sleep. I went to bed at 3.30 in the morning last night and woke up this morning for work. And I will see, come. To, I go to bed at 9 p.m. I will come to your parties and I will make sure that nothing bad happens. I did my time for that. I would just like to say. I did not. Because I, did I didn't go to parties. <laughs> Nobody invited to help. me. I don't need to help anybody else. <laughs> you know, it's kind of. I have helped plenty of people. I have helped plenty of people vomit. I have helped plenty of people get their Taco Bell. I have done enough. <laughs> I just want to say, I don't know if it speaks more volumes on me that I never went to one or more volumes that no one ever invited me to parties. <laughs> there probably just weren't very many. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Other than, like, in, okay, so. That's pretty normal for, um like, satellite campuses and community colleges and things like that. Like, oh, well, I, I want to make it very clear that I went to an off-campus, and my, I did night school, and so I never yeah. went to a main campus. Yeah. But I'm just talking, like, the parties that we, there's no college in our town. Parties that we had out here, which I still didn't get invited to, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> you know, I never was in a cornfield somewhere with a bottle of UV blue. But, like, that's kind of, like, what it was. Like, I feel like the parties out here were never... They were just rednecks in barns and fields drinking underage. Yeah, but, I mean, if you think about it, like, the the rednecks that are out in the field drinking their UV blue probably drink an entire bottle by themselves. Like, people are still drinking way too much alcohol mm-hmm. in one sitting. Yeah. There are plenty of men out there that drink three or four pitchers of beer on a night out. Like, that's... That's a lot of alcohol for your system to process. And, like, yes, it is an issue in college. And, yes, you should not be drinking that much. You shouldn't be drinking at all before you're 21 because your brain's not fully formed, really, until you're 25. But it happens all the time anyway. Yeah. So I just think that it's a sticky situation for me because I have seen organizations get blamed for activities that were not even related to an organization. Okay, so I just want to disclaimer, organizations aside, if you're one of those people that makes people drink alcohol or you'll handcuff them to somebody, that makes me want to cry and I want to hit you with a bottle. But you go to that party knowing that it's a handle party, a handcuff handle party. <sighs> like, 
you would stroll up to the door knowing that that's what you're signing up for. That and, just makes me sad. But you do you know do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's hard because you do not get kidnapped and brought to these parties and then they say um, we're dropping you off here. You have to drink a handle. Like, no, they advertise these parties by word of mouth and say, come to this place at this time, bring your handle. It's a handle and handcuff. Can you replace the handle vodka with park water? I'm just saying. I know. It just, I don't know. And again, I wasn't in that life, but just like, I think. I'm talking more college life in general than sororities and fraternities. I'm just saying like, these parties happen. These kinds of events happen with or without sororities and fraternities. Hazing is bad. Hazing is wrong. You should not hate. They should have noticed that his lips were blue. They should have taken to the hospital. Called it seems like they were drunk. Yeah, they should have called 911. It seems like they were drunk and they did not know what they were doing. Clearly, if they could not get to the hospital from the fraternity house, which was probably five minutes away. Mm-hmm. But they there should have been someone there. And there normally is someone there for sober. this reason that is sober, that can take care of people. There was definitely mistakes made by these boys and unfortunately daniel and his family will suffer for the rest of his life and i feel awful for them Mm -hmm. but i also feel like it's a crappy move for mizzou to blame fiji entirely because it is also on mizzou i i don't know if mizzou also got sued they should but i believe that there's lawsuits still pending i love being from missouri but i'm just saying like it is also on the university because they are perpetuating this culture as well yeah. I and think- it is hard to quit it. It is hard to stop it. And I have said that. And I totally understand. But it is not just on the organization. And it is not fair for universities to say, oh, this is the fraternity problem. No, it's your problem too. This, this fraternity is at on your campus. And these are your students. So it is also your responsibility for the culture that takes place on your campus. And that's how I feel. Well, with that being said, stop hazing. Quit Stop it. peer pressuring people in general. Yes, quit. <laughs> Stop drinking too much alcohol and making bad decisions. Drink water when you're drinking alcohol. Yeah, and always and eat have food. always have somebody there that is sober and cognitive in case something goes wrong. If and you do, do not drink and drive. drive. If you drink and drive, delete our podcast because we don't play those games. No. Uh, Uber. There's okay. Uber in our town. That means there's Uber everywhere. There's Uber where you are too. I, listen, I will be your personal Uber if I know you <laughs> in real life, which everybody already knows that. So I don't know why I said that. But honestly, when I saw like what happened, I guess you talking about it and giving me more of an insight of like this stuff happens. It doesn't make me feel any less sick. It makes me feel no, more it's sick. horrible. I just I can't. And like knowing like I know that there's stuff that Ian went through that he didn't tell me about and that I genuinely was crying when he was telling me that and he thought it was like funny and I'm like that was worse than you when you, you were in the military no no I mean crying what um at my university I will not name names but it was not my sorority they made all of their new members take shots with a goldfish inside they had to swallow the goldfish hole they took the goldfish out of the fish tank and plopped it into a shot of vodka and they had to take it that fish died a horrible death a horrible death and also how do you swallow something that big I could not. <laughs> Stop drinking alcohol. I want to go back into the prohibition. No one needs it. I'm done. And again, all those girls went there on their own free will. They knew what was going to happen. Oh, my God. Anyway, I feel like I am the villain of this episode, <laughs> and I am so sorry to everybody who has to listen to my opinions 
And probably everyone listening to this will feel the same as Jill and will be utterly shocked. And I totally get that. Well, you have sorority sisters that listen, don't you? A few. Well, they'll be on your side. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just, it's just hard because like I have seen and experienced this within and without a sorority. So like I know that it happens with and without and like uh, same for the fraternities. Like there were many parties at my university that were not related to fraternities in in any way, shape, or form. But there also were parties that were related to or affiliated with or whatever. And the same things were happening at both parties. So it's just hard for me because, like, I have seen the sororities and fraternities get blamed for things that they had nothing to do with just because it's easier on the university because the university doesn't want to lose donations. And, like, that is crappy to me. Everybody just online college for everyone. Everybody online college and drink water. Obviously, all of the episodes make me feel a type of way, but this mm-hmm. one made me ill. Yeah, it's awful. Like, absolutely awful. It. I cannot imagine being his, his, his siblings or his parents or him even. Like, I hope that, you know, I hope that he's not trapped inside his body. I mean, that's horrible to say. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want there to be just a shell Suffering. of a person, but also... I hope that he's not stuck inside of his body. Like, that would be horrible. But at any rate, thank you guys for listening. Um, If you want to buy merch, we still have merch. We still link it in the show notes. And we will be back together next week with another episode. Hey, bye. Bye.